Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 27 of The Revenge of Kang, and today includes the entirety of a short chapter, Chapter 8, The Great Escape. When last we saw the secret Zoomers, they were in the spire, up at the top, looking around, when they were busted by the Kokri. They were taken captive, they were placed in a hut, just like Ford's Furies, to await trial, but being less temperamentally comfortable with authority and the legal system than Ford's Furies, the secret Zoomers decide to escape before they are tried. Here is their situation, quote, the Kokri have placed you in a small, isolated hut that is separated from the rest of the encampment by a low ridge and 200 yards of ground. Outside the hut, only one Kokri guard stands watch. So our hut is isolated, which really could mean anything. There's one guard. This is our chance to break out. We get some details about how this works. Uh, it's very difficult to escape the Kokri, the text says, because of their psychic powers, right? To get out, you're pretty well going to have to sneak out. The wall of the hut is only made of typical strength material, but busting it open will get the attention of the guard. So if you want to get out stealthily, you need some way to bust open the wall quietly, and then everybody sneak out. When everybody sneaks out, everyone needs to make a remarkable intensity agility feat. A rare sighting of a stealth roll with actual consequences. Although it's here, I suspect, because the author really wants anybody in this hut to do the trial scene, and the ordeals, that would be best. So the author's trying to throw roadblocks in front of anyone trying to escape at this stage. In the same vein, if the heroes try to use uh, some kind of diversion or distraction on the guard, the guard gets an intuition feat roll to see through the trick, and the judge sets the intensity of the feat roll, but it starts at typical and then is modified upward for a good plan or downward for a bad plan. So for a typical plan that a player character group would come up with, this is a typical intensity intuition roll for the Kokri guard, uh, which the guard is likely to make. Not at all certain, but likely. Unlike the crows are, the Kokri are pretty perceptive. Now what happens if you're trying to break out and you get spotted, which I think is what's going to happen in this case. The way for the Zoomers to get out, I think, is for Troopa. It's specified here that the Kokri don't take away any of your equipment, so Troopa still has their armor. Troopa is going to burrow under the wall and leave a tunnel for everyone to crawl out, but somebody's going to fail their stealth check, the guard's going to spot them, then what happens? Quote, if the heroes attract the attention of the guard while escaping, he attempts to use his psionic powers to subdue them. After two rounds of battle, the guard gives the heroes an opportunity to surrender and return to the hut. If the heroes accept this offer, the entire incident is forgotten. If they continue to battle or flee, the guard shouts out a warning that brings 10 of his fellows out to investigate. So once the secret zoomers are spotted, then the guard's going to zap them with mind rays. And if that doesn't get them to knuckle under right away, then after a couple of rounds of combat, they get an offer, which is the dumbest thing on this page. Very uncharacteristically forgiving of the Kokri. It's a part of their legal system. If you bust out of Kokri jail and you get spotted, and then the guard tells you to stop and you don't stop. And then the guard tries to forcibly stop you and you attack the guard. And then you have a scuffle, blows are exchanged, damage is done, blood is spilled. If a couple of rounds into that confrontation, the guard says, okay, for real now, get back in your cell, everybody. If you then do it, it doesn't even go on your record. Everyone who attempts a jailbreak gets one mulligan in the Kokri legal system. That is extremely forgiving. And as usual, policies incentivize and disincentivize certain behavior. If you're kidnapped by the Kokri, there's no reason not to make one attempt to break out. You get one. 
These kids didn't even know that, but they intuited it, I think, from the manner of the guard, who was probably like waiting for the other shoe to drop this whole time. Once again, I think the reason that this detail is here, the reason that the Kokri have this very peculiar forgiving streak that has just emerged, is because, speaking of incentives, the author really wants us to do the trial and the tests and all that stuff. It's not as much fun if we just, like, blow up a bunch of Kokri and run away. And that's true. But, in my opinion, the author takes it too far. This is another candidate for dumbest thing on this page. In the karma section, at the end of this chapter, where we get our rewards and penalties, we get 10 karma for escaping the camp if we choose to do so. However, if we permanently harm any of the Kokri, we lose 50 karma. Not not kill them, but just permanently harm them. Because if you kill somebody, you lose all your karma. This is for, like, if we're trying to get out of there and Trupa breathes fire and somebody gets burned in a way that's going to last them, that, like that burn is going to be with them throughout their life. And look, I feel bad for them, but understand our situation. We were on a superhero mission for the good of the world. We crash landed here through no doing of our own. We went out to find a way to bail out ourselves and, by the way, the other unknown time traveler here, so this is for everyone's benefit. We unwittingly stumble into an unmarked and unsecured sacred place, and then we get mind-zapped into unconsciousness, thrown in a holding hut, and told that we're about to be put on trial in a capital trial. They want to put us to death. And we're thinking not, hey, let's kill them all, not, hey, let's wait until we're before the tribunal and see if we can rig up some kind of thing where, like, there's a big explosion around us and we destroy the Kokri village and we're like, this is what you get for trifling with a generation that has confronted the reality of climate change. We're hard as fucking nails. It's not that. We just want to leave. We just want to run away. Hey, you enjoy your own personal religious beliefs and your very strange legal system. We're just going to leave. We're just going to go. We're trying to sneak away. Then they try to stop us. They try to stop us with force, with those mind bolts again, so that they can put us back in the hut and sentence us to death and kill us. So on the way out, if we hurt one of them, one of the people trying to force us into a hut and kill us, if we hurt one of them, not kill, but hurt, and like they now walk with a limp hereafter, we lose karma. We didn't do it. We're not the bad guys here. We're trying to save the world. They're trying to shove teenagers into a hut so they can later shove them into a well, a well of pain. And that is wrong. So I don't appreciate the author taking the Kokri's side morally here, but I understand that he's fudging their legal system a little bit to give us a chance as players out of character to sort of get the message like, okay, you broke out of the hut. Now you're in a big fight. It's about to be a bigger fight. Would you like to perhaps walk back into the hut and play the next scene? That offer, it's kind, but on an in-fiction level, it's dumb. Anyway, the Zoomers aren't going to stop fighting after two rounds. Despite the pleading and the moral judgment of the author, the Zoomers are going to keep fighting until they are knocked out again by mental bolts. They're going to get thrown back in the hut, and they are not going to face a tribunal. You get one mulligan, but if you don't take it, then we skip the trial and we go right to the well. We'll catch up with the Zoomers later, but join me next time as Ford's Furies, who are doing considerably better navigating the Kokri legal system, face their second ordeal on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband.